1995 Subaru Impreza WRX STI version 2555 is the, the whole model name. And we will hear more about that build when we get into this episode with Brian, a.k.a. Retro GC8. Welcome to episode 132 of the Subi and You podcast. Hope you all had a great weekend. I know there were some really cool things happening like Rallycross Fest at Dirtfish and Big Northwest at Portland International Raceway. So hope everybody had a great time out there and I look forward to seeing photos and reels and whatever else might come out from that. There always seems to be some really cool events and uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm dealing with a little bit of FOMO living way out here in Houston. It's hard to get out to some of these events, but hopefully next year will be a year where I can actually get out and do some more stuff. But I'm very happy for everybody that is able to attend these events and have a good time meeting up with other Subaru people in the community and just uh, talk about their builds and have a great time and uh, show off some of their builds too. So it's really cool to see what is out there and what people are doing with their Subarus. I also think it's pretty cool that... We are at episode 132 of the podcast. I can't say that I never thought that we would be here, but it's been a while since I've been doing this, and I wouldn't still be doing this if it wasn't for having guests. And uh, so I'm very thankful for all the guests, thankful for everybody listening. I really appreciate people sharing the episodes and talking about it out there in the community and for those of you that have business cards for the, that uh, are handing those out, I appreciate that as well. I know I owe some business cards to some people, so I'm going to be pulling that together here soon and getting those out. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. There's 131 other episodes that you can listen to. I hope that you enjoy this one and decide to explore the others. And for those of you that have been here since episode one, I appreciate you sticking around and continuing to listen and support the podcast and be a fan. So I just really appreciate everybody. I'm very thankful for all the guests, all the listeners, for my patrons and for my sponsors. If you want to help support the podcast beyond just listening and sharing, you can go to the website, subeandupodcast.com, right there on the front of the page there is a support the podcast link and that will take you to patreon and you can become a patron of the podcast and get some extras and bonus material you can also go check out the merch and help support the podcast and rep the podcast by wearing a hat a hoodie a beanie or a shirt of course we might be out of beanie and hoodie season for a while but thank you to those who have purchased some merch to help support the podcast and also rep your favorite podcast. Thank you. The Subi and You podcast is brought to you by Eccentric Designs. For those of you who don't know, Eccentric Designs is a small, community-driven business that offers custom-fit vinyl overlays for most Subaru models. This includes various designs for the rear reflectors, taillights, and side taillights. I also offer fun decal designs like the popular fender stripes and stickers. To find designs for your Subi, head on over to eccentricdesigns.com. There's always more projects in the works, so be sure to follow at eccentric.designs on Instagram. Thank you so much, Eccentric Designs, for sponsoring the Subi and You podcast. If you have not checked out her website or her Instagram page, go do so. She has some really great decals that she can offer for your Subaru 
and they are extremely great quality. They hold up very, very well, even to power washing, which I have to power wash the mud off of my car. Not as often as I would like, but when I do, her decals hold up very, very well. This episode is also brought to you by Melee Design Firm. They are your battery and battery mount specialist. A few weekends ago, I put in my battery mount in my Crosstrek and it fits well. It was a pretty easy install and it looks great. I also have some engine bay caps and a front strut tower brace, which they have also. So go check out MeleeDesignFirm.com. Also check them out on Instagram. And for the battery mount, if you want to customize it, they also do customized etching on the front plate of it. And every Melee battery mount is numbered for authenticity. Thank you so much, Melee Design Firm, for sponsoring the Subi and You podcast. We know what comes around every Wednesday. It's Wheel Wednesday. So if you want to show off some awesome and great-looking wheels, go check out RikaVS.com. Rika is committed to providing their customers with the highest quality specialized wheels and lift kits that will allow you to travel further, experience new adventures, and discover all of those extraordinary destinations. Rika wants to make sure that you are ready for anything wherever adventure takes you. Their wheels are both lightweight and durable, of the highest quality, and built to satisfy the requirements of all of you adventure enthusiasts. Their lift kits raise your Subaru to protect the underbody from damage while off-roading. The lift kits were also designed to increase the vehicle ride height in order to accommodate larger tires while maintaining the factory ride quality and alignment. The quest for adventure begins with you, and Rika is what gets you there. Be sure to use the code SUBIU10 at checkout to get 10% off a set of wheels or a lift kit. Thank you so much, Rika, for sponsoring the Subi and You podcast. And lastly, before we get into this episode, I am proud to announce that Subaru Gear, the official merchandiser of Subaru, is coming back on as a sponsor of the Subi and You podcast. So starting tomorrow, August 1st, you'll be able to use the code SUBIANDU23, and that's A-N-D all spelled out, to get 20% off of your purchase. If the total amount of your purchase is $50 or more after the 20% discount, then you will get free shipping. They do have some new gear at SubaruGear.com, and we'll be coming out with some new gear soon. So go check out SubaruGear.com and see what they have to offer. And again, starting tomorrow, you can use the code SUBIANU23 to get 20% off of your purchase. Thank you so much, Subaru Gear, for coming back on as a sponsor of the SubiNU podcast. I really appreciate it. And I'm glad that they were able to help me extend an offer to all of the SubiNU podcast listeners out there and get some great gear and rep your favorite car brand. So thank you all so much. Let's get into this episode with Brian, a.k.a. Retro GC8. Cool, man. Let's do this. All right. Uh, let's see. I'm getting my stuff up here. So, yeah, welcome to the Sue Being You podcast. It's great to have you on. Thank you for reaching out. And uh, I'm excited to have, you know, somebody on with some different cars. So, welcome. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. Thanks for making this happen. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and 
introduce yourself and let us know like what your Instagram handle is and like what part of the country you live in. Yeah, my name's Brian. Uh, I am uh, retro underscore GC8 on Instagram. Um, I've got a couple other accounts too, but that's my car one that everyone would like to check out. And I'm out here in the Seattle area, just a little bit south of Seattle. Yeah, Washington is very nice. I like it out there. Yeah. It's Great cool. for Subarus. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So we were talking off air, but and, and you had mentioned this, but how long have you been a fan of Subaru? And like, when and how did that happen? Yeah, so my first car kind of randomly was a Subaru. Um, my dad, I don't even know why, but my dad bought me a 1986 Subaru RX Turbo four-wheel drive. And like, you can't even find that car. It's such a such a random car to have even found. And it was like, a, I don't know if you know what a, a Loyal is from the 80s. Uh, um, like the really boxy old ones. I think I've seen one before, but I mean... So this is yeah. This is so bad. On the but road I, anymore. There's like nothing left. Yeah. Of, of that body style. Yeah. I mean, like, I yeah. still don't know a lot of the Subaru models, you know, because yeah. <laughs> I just I just haven't taken the time to be like, what are all the Subaru models over the years? You know. So right. I'm still learning. Yeah. yeah. I uh, I started out with that one, or I never would have known it existed, and uh, I had like a little uh, a sedan version of it, and it was the coolest little car though, because you know I'm. 16 years old and i've got now i've got a, a subaru with four-wheel drive with so it was actually like a high low shifter yeah it could be two-wheel drive four-wheel drive low or four-wheel drive high nice and it had a locking rear differential and it had a turbocharger and wow. i was 16 and i thought that was the <laughs> coolest thing ever what um, color was it? i thought it was gray my first one was gray yeah. and uh and it had this little foam spoiler on the back and I thought it was like a mudding truck and a drag racer and everything because I was 16. <laughs> yeah. And so I used it for everything. And yeah, that kind of that that kind of just exposed me to a lot of Subaru. Uh, I broke it a lot. And so I was spending a lot of time at a Subaru shop. And this guy had a, a, a poster of the WRC car on his wall. Um, yeah. And this is, you know, 98 or so. Okay. And that was like, I'm in love now. You know, you see that car like jumping, jumping through the mud with people waving at it as it's flying, you know, yeah. even just that still photo, I felt like I could see the movement and what was coming next and stuff from it. So now after yeah, you that was, saw that, that poster, were you like, I'm going to drive my car like that a little bit? Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> so out here, um, I was actually down in, uh, the battleground area, which is South, South, Southwest Washington down there. And near Mount St. Helens, if you've ever heard of that, the one that like, yeah. blew its top in 1980. Yeah, so um, out around that area is just a bunch of logging roads, a bunch of dirt roads with very few people on them, if anybody on them. And so I was just out there driving like a total idiot whenever I could. Well, I and bet it was, was fun, though. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I broke the car a lot, though, Dad. <laughs> now, had you were you watching any rally, or did you just see that car and you're like, I want to drive like that i mean did you know about rally before you saw the poster or was that like kind of what got you interested in it no actually uh, i saw the poster and i kind of started from there my buddy you know back in these days not everybody had cable or whatever around you know you couldn't just stream stuff off the internet so yeah my buddy had a cable program or a cable package that had speed vision oh uh, nice yes yeah, speed vision back in those days and yeah. they had a wrc show you know like you could actually just go watch the entire event wow. and it was it was like cut into chunks mm -hmm. so you you know it wasn't like they were showing everybody on every stage but they would be like 
Colin McRae's Subaru did this on this stage and he was ahead by a minute or whatever. And, you know, back in those days, it was like watching Michael Jordan on, on screen, you know, live, you're watching Colin McRae versus all these other dudes who are the legends or legends of the, of the sport. And, uh, so I started, I started watching it then and it it just kind of, you know, stuck even harder for me at that point. Yeah. So besides speed vision, how are you, did you know that there, I guess, when did rally come to the U.S., like stage rally, or were they already doing it here? Because I don't remember the exact history of it. Yeah, you know, I I know that there was the Olympus rally beforehand, so that had been around and it had gone away. I, I don't quote me on this, but I believe that the Olympus rally was at one point a WRC stage, like a oh. full-on world championship stage. Nice. I have, I have limited experience with the, the rally in the U.S. because right around the time where I would have actually started driving more in that, you know, rally crosses and going to rallies and stuff, I joined the military. (laughs) So I, I shipped out to, uh, to Delaware and I, and I was in the air force for nine years. And while that gave me a lot of opportunities and, and I, I was able to play with Subarus in a different way there. Um, I was away from here where I would have been out doing, um, you know, forest roads still and probably yeah. being much more irresponsible than <laughs> I learned to be in the military. <laughs> so, yeah. So did you, have you been to rally stages out there now? I haven't. Um, I, every year I say I'm going to go to Olympus rally, which is held, I don't know, like an hour from where I live, which is so pathetic that I haven't ever yeah, made it. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the Oregon Trail Rally, which is uh, maybe three hours from where I live. That's and not bad either. Th- the fact that I haven't made it to either one of them is just uh, unconscionable. It's unforgivable. Dude, I live in but, Houston. Uh, I'd have to fly to get to one of the rallies. I know, come on, but man. I just, it's like every time they they come around, it's also the weekend that my kids are doing something or we have a family vacation planned or something because, you know, there's only so much you can fit into a summer. And when you have two yeah. kids, you, uh, you got to make some. Yeah. Some, I mean, uh, con- uh, it's tough, you know, it's tough when you've got kids, it's tough when you have other things going on and you just can't make it out to stuff, you know? I mean, cause you gotta, yeah. you have to set your priorities. I mean, like for me, I have my son every other week and every other weekend. So I'm doing stuff with him and then, if I'm not with him, then I go up and visit my girlfriend. So, you know, it's like sometimes Subaru meetups and other Subaru stuff is secondary, you know. Yeah, uh, for sure. Especially when you reach a certain age like we have. <laughs> yeah. You uh, you realize, oh, man, I've got I've got so many responsibilities like we were talking about before. So Yeah. Yeah. So what is a GC8? Yeah. So GC8s are, it's kind of like a, a name that, that we give to a whole variety of cars, but the, the whole uh, Impreza line that was made uh, in the 90s, it's a true GC8 is a, a Japanese market specifically. The GC chassis is kind of a, a shorthand that we use for all of them. And it's just easier to say GC8 all the time, but uh, it comes from the chassis code that was given to the Impreza oh, okay. um, in the Japanese market. And it also is used on the Jap or the USDM VINs. So okay. a lot of people in, in our community, in, in our GC8 specific community, a lot of people argue like, that's not a GC8, that's a GM6 because 
people know like that's a 2.5 RS and the six yeah. denotes that it's a 2.5 liter and the M is a coupe. And, but in Japan, they're, they're basically all GC yeah. and GC eights. Don't so, be so specific, man. Just yeah, it's, it's pendant or pedantic, right? So, yeah. Let's. So what year is yours? Mine, uh, the one I have right now, well, I actually have two and they're both 95s. Oh. One is, is getting ready to get on a boat and come over here from Japan right now. But my Ooh, blue one. Nice. Yeah. Uh, my blue one that I have on all the pictures is a, uh, a 1995. This is the the long name. Okay. So I got to take a deep breath. Okay. 1995 Subaru Impreza WRX STI version 2555 is the, the whole model name. Yeah. That's long. Yeah. <laughs> what is the 555 in that? The 555 is a, uh, the rally team that they had in oh in those yeah yeah i've seen that days. before yeah so the the rally cars were sponsored that's where the blue with gold comes from mm-hmm. is from the from that brand and the 555 model that i have is kind of like a celebrating the rally team before they had actually won anything it was like this we've made this rally car that's competing and it's we think it's really awesome uh, but they hadn't won anything yet. And so they built this in 95 and then they won the championship in 95 and they made what's called a V limited, which looks almost exactly the same, but it's, it's called a V limited. It has a little, a little badge on the back that says we won the championship. Oh, that's cool. And yeah, nice. but I don't have that badge because yeah. I'm before they won. <laughs> oh. So how long did you, or when did you get it? Oh, shoot. When did I get this car? This car I got in uh, as soon as it turned 25. So that would have been in 2020. I actually bought it well before that. And I just stored it in Japan because I was uh, I, I was trying to beat the the pricing on it. Oh, yeah. So, you know, when when the car becomes legal, the prices go up because now everyone can import them right away. And I just happened to have a hookup where I was able to store the car in Japan for um, almost a year. And then send it over later. That's nice. But at, at the time, I already had a, I had already imported previously a, a WRX. Um, so I had a '93 WRX, the one of the first ones that ever came to the U.S. For oh. sure, the first one in, in Washington. Wow. They came in under the 25 year rule. So it was that. Uh, so go ahead. No, uh, you. So you you had that WRX. You have this GC8. You have another GC8 coming. How many Subarus have you had? Oh, and then you had the one when you were 16. Yeah, so I had, uh, I could go through the whole list, but I've had close to 20 Subarus in, wow. my, in my days. Uh, I basically have never gone without having a Subaru. I mean, like when I joined the military, I didn't have a Subaru for a couple, for almost a year maybe, but that's because I was going through training and I didn't have any car at all. And as soon as I yeah. got to my base, I bought a car and it was a Subaru. about a 99 Impreza. Uh, as soon as I got there. Have you had any other model cars? Yeah, I've had, um, I recently had a, uh, a Legacy GT, a Japanese model Legacy GT wagon. So it's the uh, the BG chassis is what it's called, but it's like the, the mid-90s second gen Legacy wagon. Okay. And um, that thing was cool. I don't know if you know, if you've ever seen those, but they had twin turbo setups on those wow. in those days. So it was a two liter uh ej flat motor like we all have but with uh with a twin turbo setup on it which was pretty interesting <laughs> yeah and then i've had foresters and um 
yeah, several legacies. I my wife uh, currently has in Japan coming up, getting ready to come over here. Also, a sambar. Oh, so nice. Several of your guests have had sambars. Yeah. This is a yeah sambar Diaz classic. I think is what the exact model model That's name is so on that cool. one. Yeah, nice. she's pretty excited. It has a, a VW bug or bus front end on it. Oh, I what did like some conversion to it that make it made it look like a, a tiny little VW bus? That's cool. <laughs> which she loves that. Yeah, that's so, gonna be that's gonna be fun. Yeah. So your GC8 is, and I guess some of the other ones that you've had, they're right hand drive, huh? Oh yeah, I don't know. Almost like half of my cars, it feels like wow. at this time at this point, have been right hand drive. Probably not half, but quite a few of them. I everybody asks all the time. Is it more difficult to drive it or whatever? It's really like that, that shift from, uh, you have a manual, right? You, yeah. you drive your manual cross track. You know, when you go from third to second, you kind of like pull it towards you and you like turn your hand and face it towards you. Yeah. But when you go into reverse, you turn your hand away from you to go into reverse. Yeah. So it's what's weird in a right hand drive car is you do that for, you do the away from you for second to third and reverse is with your hand towards you, which if you're driving like a, an autocross or a rally cross or just out having fun driving quickly, that that motion feels really weird the first many times that you do it because it's it's like your hand is moving in a different way than you're used to for a performance driving situation. So is the shifting pattern reversed or is it the same? No. Yeah. The first is still away from you or is still left and forward. Okay. It's just that now you're on the opposite side and you have to reach far for first instead of pull close for first. Yeah. Hmm. So the pedals are in the same place. The I, I don't remember. I can't remember if the, I think the windshield wiper and turn signals are switched because that's something that I always screw up to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when you first started driving a right hand drive, did it, did that take a while to get used to? Beyond the, uh, the shifter and the turn signals really not i mean there was quite a few times i went to the wrong door uh, which <laughs> yeah, everyone, i can imagine <laughs> that yeah yeah uh but other than that it's it's pretty normal i'm a i'm a pretty big dude so uh i can go to a like a, a drive through and put down the the passenger window and reach all the way across and get a drink or whatever uh which That's a lot convenient. of people have trouble with yeah <laughs> it works I, for me yeah i wouldn't be able to do that i'm pretty sure yeah small car long arm i can do that but um other than that, it uh, it's not really, yeah. I mean, you look at a different spot on the road, and I guess if you if you're not paying attention, you could be driving halfway over the the center line. But yeah, generally, it's pretty straightforward. I think. Yeah, I think I think think it would just be an adjustment, you know. And yeah, I, it's not it's not a whole different thing. It's just a slightly different thing. Yeah, I think the for me, I think the weirdest part would probably be the shifting, shifting with my left hand and, and getting used to that. But I'm sure like after a while, it's, it's, it would feel natural, you know? I, I would, I had it the same, or at one time I had both a left-hand drive and a right-hand drive in Preza, and it was, it started to feel more natural to be on the right and shifting with my left hand. Maybe uh -huh. just because I was driving that car more often. Yeah. But it just... I just did it. I, I enjoyed that more. And honestly, I haven't bought another left-hand drive Subaru, at least not like a, a GC or anything since I started getting the right-hand drive ones. <laughs> yeah. Ambidextrous driving. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's cool. You know, I was looking at your your bio, and in the bio it says NCM Imports Demo Car. What does that mean? Yeah, so um, several, many, many years ago, I don't remember the exact year, I started a little company that I called NCM Imports. And what we did was we were uh, importing from Japan uh, a lot of GC or Subaru, really, only parts, be it wheels, exhaust, suspension, interior seats, uh, bumpers. Uh, and we used, I and my friend Blair, we used uh, the the cars that I had imported as kind of a a show-off for all the parts that we could get and the fact that we could get cars, you know? So yeah. I put that in the bio to let everyone know, like, hey, you know, you can click on this link and start finding some of the parts that we had. Unfortunately, COVID happened. And, you know, what our kind of our business model for NCM was that we were trying to get people parts at a shipped over here at a better price than they would pay otherwise. Yeah. So we were putting everything into a container and sending a container over. When COVID hit, container prices like times five. Oh my and, gosh. Yeah, it was just unaffordable and I couldn't do it anymore. And they still haven't fully recovered. And so we're just kind of, we've kind of had to let it go, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, all, I had to let my storage unit go that I had. Uh, at the same time that COVID happened, I also got my my storage unit, which was kind of like a, a small warehouse, got broken into. And I got all my most valuable possessions oh, from, gosh. you know, for NCM stolen out of the storage unit and the police couldn't get them back for me. That's so, yeah, it was, Jeez. it was quite painful. Many, many thousands of dollars worth of wheels were taken in one, one morning from the storage unit. So very upsetting. Bastards. But, yeah. So anyway, so that the NCM is kind of hibernating at, at a minimum. I'm not sure if it's going to wake up again, but yeah, so I just haven't taken that out of the the bio, but you know, it kind of speaks to who I who I am and what I've what I've done with the car. So yeah, I mean that's something that you got started on your own, and nothing wrong with keeping it in there. It was yours. Yeah, yeah, okay. for sure. And I've got a lot of cool parts that I imported f with NCM Imports on the car. I mean, it's the car is equipped with stuff that people generally haven't even seen even in even in the community in terms of performance parts that i found hiding in japan and in different places so that's cool to have access to that kind of stuff too and and get involved in something like that and get around to doing something different and also for the time that you were able to do it to provide something cool for the community yeah we were really proud of the the ability that we had to get people things that they thought were out of reach and that was a really cool thing to be able to do and a, a really cool opportunity to be able to kind of enrich people's uh you know i don't know experience with their subaru by like i have a a, a buddy who for his cross trek he wanted this this arrow kit that they have in japan and nobody has it in the u.s nobody sells it in the u.s nobody it's it's pretty rare and the number of people that would be interested in buying it in the u.s is pretty small so no company here is like oh i'm gonna buy 15 and import them all at once so he contacted me and we gathered all the parts together and and with everything else that we were bringing in we were able to get them in a container and for a really reasonable 
some, he was able to get them over here and just share a container and have it be, you know, safely shipped to him was, was awesome. And his car looks amazing. I forget his Instagram handle right now, but Byron is his name. And he's got this black cross track on this. Mm. It's kind of lowered with a crazy yeah. arrow kit on it. Yeah. If you find it or you can find it, send it to me. It'd be cool yeah. to see that. Yeah. He's got a really cool setup. So what of the of all the Subarus that you have owned, which have been your favorite? Or has there been one that's been your favorite? Oh, man. So they all kind of have their own place, right? You know, it's yeah. it's like picking your favorite pet. Each one had a really great... I, I loved driving that Legacy GT. I had a 2005 STI that was kind of the first car that I went bonkers on that I got when I was in the air force. And, uh, I was able to, to get a lot of cool parts with that car and learn a lot about driving. Uh, I did a bunch of autocrosses and stuff through the Subaru challenge many years ago in uh, Maryland. Nice. Met a lot of cool people, companies and stuff, but maybe, maybe my, my silver WRX or the blue, the, the, the triple five that I have, it would be my favorite. I think just because of you know, I had to bring them in and I had to, you know, I imported them and I've been able to kind of, for, for many years, I've, I've loved the Japanese side of things because when you're in, when I was 16 in, in the late nineties, Subaru wasn't what Subaru is now. Right. So performance Subarus in the United States were almost not a thing. There was a 2.5 RS, which if you, if you were Looking at a 2.5 RS, those days people would say, why aren't you getting a Civic SI? And I loved it. I loved the 2.5 RS because I had seen that car on the poster. And it, to me, it looked like it and it must be the same thing. And it's a rally car and let's go. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, to be able to to find anything for, for Subarus in those days, you had to look in Japan. And so people like me, we were gathering books that were all written in Japan, but had a lot of cool photos in them. And that was, that was where we went to, to learn about the cars. And then now to actually have one of those in my possession, in my driveway that I can drive around and I can hear and, and I can, I mean, some of the magazines that I bought in those days, I still have, and I thumb through and I'm like, oh, there's my part. And here's the instruction manual for how to put it together. I can't read anything, but there's a lot of photos. <laughs> so I'm good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can't find that otherwise there's nobody else has an instruction manual for installing an ARC intercooler on a 95 Impreza. But I found that in one of my old books. So it was pretty, pretty awesome experience. And are you always doing some kind of mod to your Subarus when you get them? I almost never leave a Subaru stock. Ooh, trying to think of one that I did leave stock. I don't, I don't do that. I, <laughs> I, yeah. I always modify a Subaru. I, I, uh, not that I don't think that they're good as they come from the factory, but, um, I just, you know, to me, it's, it's how, how do you make it your own? How do you make it your car? And, and, yeah. you know, whether it's adding stickers that, that people will add or badges or wheels or going as far as like my buddy Blair and I, we've, we've taken his car to a whole different place from where it started. And whether you go that far, it's just about enjoying it and making it yours and, and kind of tweaking it for your own special use case that you're going to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Now when you had, you said you had a Forester before, how many like overland off-road Subarus have you had? I have never had an overland off-road Subaru. 
I have a truck <laughs> as my daily driver mm-hmm. and that that truck is kind of my if we're going to go out and do stuff or my wife's car would be our go out and do stuff my subarus are they're not like low riders or anything like that you know i yeah. i take them out and and we drive in, in the mountains and and that kind of stuff that's that's how i have fun with my cars but yeah i've never i've never built i know a lot of people who have them um in our uh, local club the rain city subies out here, there's a lot of folks that have all sorts of uh, really cool modified Subarus for you know Johnny Walker with his uh, with his right hand drive Legacy GT wagon with a shower kid and you know the whole <laughs> the whole nine that that guy's got. Yeah, he's uh, there's all sorts of really cool stuff out here, but I've just never I've never owned it myself. Yeah, okay. Have you just not had a desire to? It's like just not your thing. Well, it's you know for me it's the Subaru for me is the GCs, the the classic stuff, and the 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 thing that I desired when I was 16, 17, 18 years old. And so I'm looking back at at the um at those classics and how the that was done and and you know retro GC8 being my name, it's I'm for the most part not even using modern parts. I'm using parts that I've found from the nineties and putting them on the car and, and bringing them back up to snuff and, and using that to make kind of what, what my 17 year old self would have thought was the ultimate Subaru in, in the nineties. So I guess you could say I'm kind of stuck in the nineties. Yeah, no, I mean, that's (laughs) good. As far as my Subarus go. Yeah. Because everybody has their preference, you know, and I mean, that's just, that's what, that's what you are attracted to. That's what you enjoy. And you know, it's, it's good to, to stick with, with that. But so yeah. you, you said you have kids, you have a son, right? Yeah. I've got a son who's 13 years old. Okay. Six foot. Wow. 13 year old. Are you starting <laughs> to teach him how to drive? Uh, the most we've done is we've done go-karting. He, he recently, we were started to talk about what he would want as his first car. And we just kind of, uh, were chatting about it. And he decided, determined that he wants a WRX, which, um, uh, of course he does. And he, of course he's not getting a WRX <laughs> as his first car, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I, I haven't started the actual like driving with him yet. The most that, that we've done, like I said, is go-karts and a little bit in our old, uh, we had a little Fiat and he drove that, he moved that around the parking lot a couple of times, but yeah. Yeah. I haven't I'm, got a new day just yet. I'm curious cause I'm sure you're going to end up teaching him how to drive you know, a manual because that's not a skill. He's got that, to. Yeah. I mean, my son knows how to drive my cross track, which I think is really cool. Cause you don't, there's there. Yeah. I mean, there are still a lot of manual cars, but it's mostly like sports cars now still that are doing it. You're not going to find like just a regular everyday driver. That's a manual too much anymore. Yeah. I, even as someone who enjoys a manual transmission, I haven't had a, uh, I've been driving EVs for years now. And so I haven't had a manual transmission as my daily driver and I use it in, I mean, I, all my, all my Subarus are manuals. So whether it's the legacy or the, um, either the GC8s that I've gotten recently here, they've all been manuals. And so if it's a fun car, it's going to be a manual. And I mean, I'm definitely teaching him how to drive that, whether it's going to be his daily driver, that's just difficult to find. Like you said, how do you find yeah. How do you make sure? I mean, I think I remember hearing on a previous episode, you said that it took you 
quite a search to find your cross track in a manual. Yeah, and, it took a few weeks. I mean, it didn't take too terribly long, but because back in 2020, they were they were still making a few. And mm. but I mean, there's six Houston area dealerships, and none of them had one. They found one in San Antonio, and then they found one in McKinney, with it, which is north of Dallas. But I think the total search was probably close to a month, something like that. Yeah, maybe I don't. I don't remember exactly. I know it was a few weeks. Yeah. So I mean, maybe I'll find something for him there. But yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see. He he says he wants a WRX. I told him maybe an Impreza, and it may be easier to find an Impreza with a manual. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, he said I already have the truck, so he doesn't need he doesn't need a cross track because we already have something that does off roading. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, it's good to have that. Yeah. So do you go on any like road trips or anything? Or are you just oh, kind of stick we, around where you are? No, as a family, we love road trips. I don't generally take my, my GCs recently, but I did uh, when I, so I had this, this white 2.5 RS coupe when I was in the Air Force. And uh, when I moved out of Delaware back to the to the West Coast here, I sold it to a buddy of mine and he contacted me a couple years later and was like, Hey, Brian, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm getting ready to move on from this. Do you want it back? And I was like, you bet your butt I do. And <laughs> yeah. I got on an airplane and I flew out to Delaware and, uh, I got in the car and I drove back to Seattle all the way from wow. Delaware. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It was awesome. I love that experience. It's by myself. Uh, I don't know. It took me about three or four or five days, something like that. And, uh, it was just, it was a blast. Yeah. So much fun. Man, that would be so cool. Yeah. It was, it was a really good time. Uh, I did a lot of road trips back and forth between, uh, Delaware and North Carolina when I was in, uh, when I was on that coast too, in, in Subarus and always, always enjoyed it. But yeah, we do. Um, so from here to Portland is like a three hour drive. And what I'll often do is I'll jump on the, the back roads that run on the the east side of the mountains which are uh like 25 mile an hour roads instead of the 70 mile uh an hour interstate yeah. and i'll take the curvy roads and so it'll take me five or whatever hours to get down there but i'll do that in the subaru because that's that's what it, that's what the car is built for right i mean that's yeah. what it's designed for is going out and getting out into the sticks a little bit and enjoying the curvy roads and even if you're not pushing it to you know to eight or nine tenths of its ability, it's just still a lot more fun to to have a car that drives and and has the the really direct feelings that uh, that you get in at least the Subarus I enjoy are are like that. It's a really sporty experience, and I don't know. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, so, I mean, because my Crosstrek is slow, but it's fun that it's a manual. You know, I mean, that having a slow car but a car that's a manual makes the driving experience better. Yeah, I had a uh, I had a, a '97 Outback Sport, which is uh, like a I, I can't remember if it was the two liter, two point two liter, or if it was the one point eight liter. I had I've had both, and I can't remember which one was which. But it's guy that I I knew uh, Miles Williams out there in the East Coast. He he had was fond of saying that it's much more fun to drive a slow car fast. So it's, yeah, it's like uh, you get that momentum going. And being able to keep up your momentum in a slow car is is really rewarding, and that's what a Subaru is really good at, in my opinion. You know, you use that all wheel drive to pull yourself out of corners, and oh yeah, 
Yeah. And it's hard so, to get them to go sideways too. Yeah. Uh, well, some people are, I mean, are pretty good at it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, depending, you know, like, but I mean, it's like for me driving my cross track and it, you know, it can rain a lot here and having the all wheel drive, it feels safe. So when it is raining and I go around a corner, you know, sometimes I'll like be going a little bit of a decent speed and I'll shift into second and I'll hit the turn and try to get it to go sideways a little bit and it just doesn't unless i hit the white stripes that are on the road then it'll yeah. hit those and slip some and that's fun but it's real slick there yeah yeah other than I that it just it makes me feel a lot safer driving it yeah i have a uh, a set of so i have two sets of wheels for my blue car and the one set of wheels is an 18 inch speed line with summer only tires on it and the other set is a 15 inch speed line with blizzax and i throw the blizzax on for the winter and the other the other year, this I get a, a, a knock at the door like the day after Christmas, and it's this young lady who had been driving down our hill and had slid off the road and crashed into our fence. Whoa! And I was like, "Whoa, okay." She's completely not dressed for the weather. She's like wearing shorts and sandals, <laughs> and it's actively snowing. There's like an inch or two of snow on the ground, and uh, she's like, "Can you help me?" I I. I'll get back in my car and wait, but can you, I mean, my phone isn't working or whatever. And I said, where you had, where were you headed to? She's like, my, my dad's house is just like less than a mile away or something like that. So I jumped in the Subaru and, and she was like, I don't know if it's safe. I'm, I just slid off the road. I'm like, we got this put snow <laughs> yeah. tires on an, on a Subaru. And I was going up and down Hills with no problem and having a little bit of fun. And it was, it was a blast. It did. I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better, a better driving car in that conditions. And when I came back, there were all these, these big pickup trucks, all these bro dozers, like, uh, Dodge Rams and whatever that had slid off the road and were blocking the road. Oh man. And they're like, no, 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 you can't make it through. You can't make it through. It's really slick on this hill. And I'm like, yes, I can. I got it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So did you, did you pull her out or anything? Uh, unfortunately i couldn't pull her out she had uh we have like this retaining wall and she had crashed through the retaining wall and so they had to get a tow truck it took like three days for the tow truck to get there because there were so many people that it slid (laughs) off the oh my gosh yeah wow they just need to make a subaru tow truck you know yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) so like you know there's tale of the dragon uh people have talked about that and which is a pretty cool experience for windy road and everything but do you have any fun roads out where you are that you like to just get out and hit with your with your cars we have so many amazing amazing roads some of them are are uh kind of like highway loops that people do um which are kind of like a big group can go do that and it goes cuts through the mountains and it's just an awesome experience like the what is it the mount baker loop or um Stevens Pass and stuff like that. Like I said before, I have that forest road that I like taking down the the east side of Mount St. Helens and all that. That is one of my favorites. I think it's called Forest Road 25 or something like that. And it's just a a very scenic, awesome, curvy road that I can just focus on driving and kind of let everything else go. But it's definitely I got to I got to plan for an entire day and uh, I got to bring my my seat cushions because you're sitting in your seat for quite a long time. And then there's, there's, uh, there's even like the, the Mary Hill, uh, hill climb, which is, it's actually like a competitive hill climb that you can, that the hill climb association does, but you can go out there sometimes and, and just kind of drive up it. 
I did a, a, a rally with not, not a off-road rally, but like one of those, um, car clubs get together and go do a, a drive around and stay at a hotel and then and yeah. finish it the next day with my buddy Blair that I was talking about. And we go to, um, or we went out to the, the Mary Hill hill climb and I got to drive his car, which his car is a, uh, a 2.5 RS coupe that was converted to right-hand drive, turned into a wide body, like a 22 B, like the video game car, mm-hmm. got the stickers and it's all, it's, it's swapped and, you know, we did everything to it. And, uh, he let me drive it one time cause he had, he had driven it so many times and he was like, okay, I'm done. It's your turn. And that <laughs> yeah. was just an amazing experience. Mary Hill was, was an awesome, uh, an awesome opportunity that we got to do, uh, and couldn't thank him enough for that opportunity. But yeah, yeah there's tons of good roads out here. Tons of good roads. That's good. Yeah. Out, out here. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, since I have a lot of overland followers and, and guests on the podcast, I hear people talking about all of the awesome spots that, you know, trails and stuff that they get to hit. And I'm like, I'm in Houston. We don't have much out here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There are a lot of trails. The other club that I'm part of for my truck, the people are just like constantly trying to point out trails that we can go on and, and, um, little ORV parks, I think they're called for people doing, doing off-roading stuff. And, uh, yeah. I, I love, I love doing that too. We go out. One thing that our family does is we go out, uh, hiking quite a bit. And we take our dogs and we get out in the woods and, and go to the forest and, and hike up a hill and find like a, a lake or something that we never even had seen before, but we heard about somewhere. And it's so amazing having that opportunity to just, we could just drop the, everything one Friday afternoon and, and be in a remote location at a lake before you even know it, where yeah. no one else is because there's so many of them around. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, we have some... Uh, parks here that we can pay for to go off-roading in, but we don't have, Texas doesn't have very much public land. So, and there's yeah. just not a lot. I mean, we have some like national parks that have gravel roads, but that, and then, you know, I mean, the wooded area is beautiful, but we don't have really nice up and down hilly trails with, you know, fun terrain. It's just gravel roads. Yeah. Yeah, we have, and we have all these forest roads and logging roads and access roads and stuff that are going out into the woods and half of them, even I've never, I've never seen where they go. <laughs> I have no idea if it's something that I should even be driving on. It was, it was so much fun as a kid exploring those in my, in my old Subarus and, and just kind of, uh, I don't know, sometimes you'd come around a corner and all of a sudden there's a logging truck coming the other way, Yeah, but you hadn't seen anybody for a half hour. Jeez, you know, wow. it's, it was, it was so much fun. I love that. If you could drive any other Subaru for a day, what would it be? I thought about this. One. I knew you were going to ask me because I hear you ask everybody this one, right? Yeah. And I was thinking about it. I'm like, okay, who would I actually Blair's car? I love, he already let me drive it. So I, I got to take that off the list. There's this dude in Japan. His name is uh, Junya. I I'm probably butchering his name because I don't, I don't speak Japanese, but he has an actual WRC body, like an actual, the shell is, is uh, a pro drive chassis number R30. And he put an S204 drivetrain in it, which is like the S209, but for the Hawkeye body. Mm -hmm. And he put that in there and it's his streetcar in Japan. And it is like, Wow. Goals. You know, I love that car and I would love to drive that. Also, uh, Arthur, 
Arthur Chang has a uh, probably mispronouncing his last name too. I know I got Arthur. I know that one's right. But... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's got a uh, a tri R. So what that is is it's a uh, you take an Impreza coupe and you go to the trial tuning company in Japan and they give you this whole wide body kit and this whole complete conversion. And he has built this total race car out of his out of his coupe with a tri R kit and I. I've always loved the Triar kit ever since I saw it in a, a magazine when I was a, a little hooligan. And um, I've always, I've always loved it. His car since I saw it the first time. So yeah, good choices. Yeah. What do your kids think of your Subarus? Oh, they love them. They, they're loud. They're bright colors. Well, the, the, the blue one is definitely bright colors with big gold wheels and they sit on the on the wrong side so when we pull <laughs> yeah. up to the lights people think the kids are driving sometimes i give them oh, a, that's funny. an extra steering wheel so they can just hold it and <laughs> confuse people yeah they they love them um they like them more than my wife likes them that's for sure yeah They're, i was gonna ask like what does she think of all your subarus and she would prefer not to ride in the blue car i one of the things i did was i put uh buckets in the front of the blue car like i said i'm a big dude so i had to in order to be really comfortable I went ahead and got a custom bracket made for my seat. So it's kind of fixed. Uh, I'm, I'm six, five. Oh yeah. That's tall. So yeah, I needed, I needed the seat moved down and back so that I would actually be really happy with where it sits. Uh, and then I, to match that, that bucket, cause I didn't want to be one bucket, one normal street seat. I went ahead and put a second bucket in it. And, uh, my wife's like, no, nah, I'm good. We don't, we don't need to take the blue car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the kids love it. Absolutely, they love it. That's good. Yeah, it's good that your kids love it. So yeah. How many do you take yours out to like big northwest or anything? I don't. I not not recently. I have in the past. I've done quite a bit with big northwest. We do a lot of meets. Uh, the the uh, Rain City Subies. We do a lot of meets or used to do a lot of meets. Um, and my little club that I started was the Northwest GC GF Club. We did a a couple of meets. I love going out to meets and hanging out with people. I don't necessarily want to polish my car up. Um, my cars yeah. are drivers, always going to be drivers. And, um, they're always going to have dents. They're always going to have scratches. They're always going to have imperfections. And I just, I want to drive them. I don't want to baby them. So for me, a show is not, it's not that I don't enjoy shows. I'll go to, I'll go to meets and shows all the time. I just don't have I don't have the patience to polish the underside of my car or anything like that, that, yeah. that a lot of these shows require to, to, to do well in them. I have shown some of my older cars before and you know, it's, it's a great experience when you do it a couple of times, but you know, priorities, right? Like we said before, yeah. priorities can oh, yeah. change. And yeah, when, when we had the big event here in Houston last year, I took my cross track and got set up with a booth to do some, you know, recording and stuff, which is really cool. But there's, yeah, there's people out there polishing their cars. Even some of the Overland cars are like, they've got them real clean and pretty and everything. Yeah. And I got my Crosstrek as muddy as I could. I did it the weekend <laughs> before I was going to visit my girlfriend and I took my girlfriend and her daughter to an off-road park and they had some mud puddles and I just kept going back and forth, back and forth. You know, it wasn't like covered in mud is where you're like, you couldn't see the white but it was, it was just splotched all over the place right and and that was on a saturday 
And the event was the following Saturday, and I was all week long. I was just like, "Please don't rain." And thank, <laughs> thankfully, yeah, thankfully it didn't rain, and I showed up, and it was cool because I had my, I think I part, I have go treads, and so I think I like rolled it up on one of the go treads, and then you know I stacked them, and then I had my awning out, and then I had a tent set up with my podcasts and everything. I mean, I had some little flyers that I printed out for the different, uh, you know, like my spider no-drill roof rack, my Rika wheels, and some other things. And I had so many people walking by looking at my Crosstrek, you know, because it was so muddy. And yeah. the biggest compliment was when I was recording with Bucky, he looked over and he was like, yeah, it's really, you really use that thing, don't you? And I was like, oh, yeah, I do, you know, as <laughs> often awesome. as I can. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. A couple years ago, I was at uh, Summerfest with, I think it was with the blue car. And Summerfest happens at Dirtfish, uh, which is out here. Yeah. It's a Raleigh school out here in Snoqualmie. And I was out there parked in the the car show, which I would use big old air quotes around car show because it's not like it's judged or anything. It's just a, a gathering almost. Yeah. And people walk around and, you know, everybody parks and puts their little display out and stuff. But it's not, it's not like a hot import nights or even a big Northwest type of a Subi, Subi fest type of a car show where people, you know, really polish it. It's happening in a dirty area where dust is flying and, you know, they're doing rally car drive alongs uh, nearby. But uh, my buddy, Johnny, who I was talking about earlier with that legacy, the right hand drive overland equipped legacy. Yeah. He brought out his, he set up his whole thing. He had an awning he had like a, a bed set out he had a, a hammock he had i don't know he had all sorts of things out there and it was a super hot day it was the sun was beating down on us now when i say super hot obviously i'm talking about seattle super hot so it was like 85 but we're all <laughs> dying because you know we're not equipped for more than 70 out here Sissies. but he had his shade and hammocks and everything and we were like oh yeah this is this is the life right here man so Everybody was crowding around Johnny's car that day. Yeah, it's it's nice when people have like all that stuff set up on them. It's like yeah. traveling house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I I think he had even like a grill or something set up. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, I know that you are a fan of the classics, but if someone said you could just pick any new model Subaru to own in addition to ones you have already, what would you pick and why? So if you were to say, when you say new model, you mean like current model year? Yeah. Okay. Like 23, 24. Yeah. I would, first thing I that goes in my mind is an S209, but that's not current model year anymore. I kind of, I kind of dig the Solterra. I know that that's, uh, it's kind of a funky choice, but like I said before, I'm a bit of an EV guy and I, I'd love to, to try out the Solterra. It's, it's. Maybe I would want to do a test drive on that first. Yeah. But either that or a Crosstrek. I think uh, Crosstrek is is kind of my 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 game a little bit too. I don't know. You said they stopped making the manuals though, didn't you? Yeah, for the third gen and tw starting in 2024, no more. But I mean, you could, you, could, now. you could pick a, yeah, you could pick a 23, you know, and do a manual. Well, there you go. Then that's what I would do. Yeah, either a Solterra or a manual Crosstrek, depending on, whether it was going to be for me or if it was going to be for the family. I think, I think the Crosstrek is, it's like the perfect size of a car. Yeah. I test drove one a little while ago. Uh, 
actually, I found a, a hybrid, Crosstrek hybrid up here, which is uncommon because we didn't originally get them. And the CVT was a little funky for me. I, I'm, I'm a, uh, either a manual or a, uh, like a single, single speed, <laughs> which is <laughs> what I have in my EVs. But I was, I was like, eh, this is interesting, but I like the, I liked the vehicle as a whole. I liked the, the Crosstrek chassis. I like the, you know, that whole experience. I've actually driven a couple of, uh, is that a GV? I think is what the Crosstrek is. The XV. The XV. But isn't yeah. it, I thought the chest chassis code. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure about the chassis. Yeah. I'm not sure either. But anyway, I've driven a couple of the, um, like the base model Impreza. I think I got a, uh, a loner one time that was the base model Impreza. And then I've driven a couple people's WRXs and stuff. And I, I actually do quite enjoy that chassis. I just haven't ever had the, uh, decided to spend the money on getting one because I put all my, all my extra money into older cars, I guess. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I like the, the, the disappointment, I guess, in the, manual cross trick is that it only comes in a 2.0 you can't get it in a 2.5 cuz that would have been oh, nice yeah. yeah what's what's the power difference between the 2.0 and the 2.5 i i think like the so i think mine has like it's like 145 horsepower and i think the 2.5 is like 170 or something like that i don't know okay. exactly i mean it's not like a huge increase but i know people that have driven the 2.5 and the 2.0 and they say that like you know just the acceleration of the 2.5 like if you need to get up on the freeway or something there's a noticeable difference yeah i'm a, I'm a little bit spoiled in that and all my supers are turbos now so yeah that'd be um, so fun yeah <laughs> i've, I've <laughs> driven I did, some... sorry go ahead. go ahead no you go ahead i, I was gonna say my i i talked my dad into getting uh, when he was trying to get his last new car his most recent new car he bought a uh, Forester. Shoot, what was that? In like twenty sixteen or fifteen or something. He bought that and just drove it into the ground. He drove it for years wow. and years and years and years and years. But that was the year when you could get an XT in the automatic mm-hmm. only in the, the like the four speed auto. And if you wanted the manual, which my dad is like, I'm not driving it if it's not a manual. Uh, you could only get the the two point five, I believe, back then. And so. That's what I drove a lot was the, his, when I was driving his car, I was driving that stick equipped two five Forester. So, but he, you know, he, he drove that thing for so, I mean, I don't even know how many miles, 250,000 or more as an old retired guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't, (laughs) I don't know how long I'm going to have my cross track, but it's going to end up with a lot of miles because I've had it for two and a half years and I've got 85,000 on it. And you put those, you got it used though. Yeah. No, I bought it new. New, yeah. You put eighty thousand miles on it. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Yeah, that's, that's, that's usually impressive. the reaction. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, I've had people say, "Well, that's what these cars are for. You got to drive them." Oh yeah, for but, sure. You got to any any car needs to be driven to to maintain it. But I mean, I, I don't know. I I feel like why why spend the money on it if you're not going to get out and drive it? Why why save it for the next person? Right? Yeah, that's going to be all me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your experience like going out to Dirtfish? I wish I have done the school there. I love it out there. The people are awesome. Um, I've done a couple of, uh, I've done some different events. Um, several times we've done the Summerfest. We just had that actually, 
about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Yeah. Which was awesome. They have, they always have the coolest stuff out there. Tons of Subaru guys show up or Subaru folks show up and it, it's a great time. And they do the, the ride alongs. They often have like a helicopter ride there too. So it's, you know, it's great, great place to go and, and you meet, meet and see a lot of really cool people. Um, I haven't ever done the class and I feel like I'm failing also in that way. I should be, I should have done that class by now. Come on, man. I know. I know. I've, I've driven it in dirt throughout the game, right? Uh, <laughs> the, the Xbox game I, I drove around there and I was like, oh man, why haven't I done this in real life? Yeah. Yet? It's a fun game. Yeah. I, I went out there, uh, Blair's car was actually in super street and we went out there for the, the photo shoot and they, they let us use some of their back course roads that were not being used that day. And we did the, this whole photo shoot for super street out there. Uh, and then I also went for Alistair McRae was there. So Colin McRae's brother oh, was, cool. was out at Dirtfish doing, doing just a talk. And I had recently stumbled across a pair of driving gloves that supposedly I wasn't hundred percent sure had been Colin McRae's. Uh, and I, I was like, well, I'm buying them cause you know, Colin McRae is a hero, right? Yeah. And, uh, and I took him out there and I was like, Alistair, I don't know if you can verify these, but I got these. They said that they're his and he looked at him and he's like, they look like his. They, I remember that, that rally. I remember the story of, of him breaking that car and, and being all upset. And so it, all that makes sense. Everything checks out. And I was like, well, what would you say? You think they're real or no? He goes, Hey, you got them. You can say they're real. You got my <laughs> my thumbs up. Yeah. So we got a picture of him giving That's me the cool. thumbs up, and yeah. So we've had a lot of cool opportunities out there. Um, I actually saw uh, the, the second time I met Petter Solberg was out there. I don't know if you know Petter Solberg, but he he drove for uh, Subaru in the early two thousands. Yeah, I've heard and of him. Yeah, he was a WRC driver, and his son uh, was testing his rally car a couple years ago. And I went out there and and met him again and showed him the picture from when I first met him, which was in like 2006. And we both had put on some pounds and lost some hair. But uh... <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I mean, it's there's uh yeah, there's a lot of people that have had some pretty cool experiences and met some pretty cool people. And, you know, so I'm I'm looking forward to being able to do more in the future because I do want to get out to get out to the West coast again. And I, I want to go out to some rallies, you know, at some point. And, you know, I'm not just an hour away from some rallies or, you know, three hours away. I mean, I, if I was, I definitely would have gone, you know, <laughs> but if you, I mean, with all the different rallies that are going on, not taking into account how far they are, is, is there anyone that you would go to if like money was no object or time? Money, no object. I would love to go to, I would, I personally, I would, I would love to go to the Mon uh, Monaco rally, mm -hmm. but that night that I was listening to, uh, Alistair talk, he said that the one to go to is Finland. Oh. And so, I mean, I've never been to Finland. I traveled a lot in the military and I never made it to Finland. So, uh, maybe that would be the one to go to. I also feel like I have to go to olympus and uh oregon trail because they're right here and yeah i mean <laughs> come on i see the people driving <laughs> to and from like literally they're on i see their trailers and i think i should just follow you I should just go 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just haven't haven't ever made it happen yet. Yeah. Soon. I promise. Soon. Yeah. I still want to make it out to one of them at some point. I just think I think that'd be a lot of fun because I, I want to, you know, I want to see what it's like. I hear a lot of people talk about it. I've had people on that have been to rallies. I've had, uh, you know, Warwick Patterson and Christopher Bose who do uh, Subaru Launch Control. I've had Rian mm. and Jill Samino on and it's like, mm-hmm. it's, I need to go meet, you know, I need to go see these these things that they're talking about and go experience yeah. it for myself. And I've, I've done a couple of rally crosses, been to and actually driven a little bit in a couple of them. And that's a lot of fun and it's more kind of entry level and accessible. But as a spectator, I, I really think that the, you know, I got to get out to the, to the stage one time. My buddy, Jeremy was trying to get me to go out there and uh, he was like, let's go come on you just got to do it let's go <laughs> we're camping let's go yeah and uh i just i was like oh i've got life's getting in the way kind of a kind of a thing so yeah i don't know one of these days I'll, I'll stop making excuses and i'll get out there and do it yeah just do it so before we get into this other little segment is there anything else you want to say about your cars or your subaru journey or any other experiences you've had man you know i i don't really have anything particular i just i I think it's such an amazing experience that I've been on to see Subaru go from being that company that uh, when I was younger, people thought was actually an Australian company because <laughs> they used the Crocodile Dundee guy oh, to yeah, advertise yeah. the Outback, you know? Yeah. And so they're like, oh yeah, that's an Australian company. They're Good Outback eye. cars, right? Exactly. Good eye, Mike. And uh, where they are now, like the fact that we were able to get an S209 and that we have folks that are into the the more off-road side are able to get wilderness editions that's so so cool and unheard of in that day in my in, you know when i was getting into it so just to be able to see that growth in in the the market for what enthusiasts exist for this company i think it's i think it's awesome i mean it when we started it was like hey do something for dogs you know yeah. like every car show should have something for dogs because that's what Subaru people like is dogs. And now there's more to it than that. There's a lot of, there's the Bucky Lassick, uh, people that are these celebrities for the driving. And then there's the people who have the, the crazy overland builds or, you know, mudding tires on their, on their Subarus and, and go out in the mountains and do awesome things with their Subarus out there and, and have a community of it everywhere they go. So it's, watching the, the the company evolve and change and watching the community evolve and change over the years has been really an awesome experience. I'm thankful to be a part of it. And I'm glad that I ended up buying a Subaru. And when I bought mine, I had really had no intentions of, well, I didn't know that this is what it would be, you know? None of us I, do, you know, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know there was a community. I didn't know that I mean, I knew a little bit about mods, but not much, but I certainly didn't know there was a community. I didn't know, anything about rally or rally cross. I mean, there's, there's like so little that I knew. I knew that I liked the WRX and STI wagon, you know, but, and before they stopped making them and that I knew that some of the other Subarus existed. I knew that I liked the Crosstrek and that was pretty much about it. That was my exposure to Subaru and my knowledge of Subaru. So like when people start talking about Colin McRae and all these other drivers and world rally cross and all these other things, and then they start talking about the different types of motors, you know, the EJ motor and and whatever. I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. 
you know? <laughs> so yeah, it's... you know, it takes years and years to to get all those little details. And, you know, is it is it worth the, like we were saying before, like, do we really need to be that detailed about it? It's not like there's any, any value in gatekeeping the community. If you don't know uh, what a GC is, then maybe I just take the time to explain it to you and you can look into it a little bit more in the future and be like, oh, that is, that's pretty cool. I'm glad that they, they have their own little niche inside of this larger community because, you know, you go to those, those larger events that are hosted for Subaru folks and you can see every one of these people, every one of these uh, communities is represented. I feel like when you go to these large events and you can see people that are doing stance and you can see people who are doing rally and you can see people who are doing drag racing and, uh, you can see people who are doing overland or just keeping their car nice. And they have like a, uh, we have one lady out here who has, sorry if that music is loud. Somebody's, I don't hear anything. Okay, good. Mind, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we have this one lady who collects classic cars. She has like 360s and, and stuff from the the 60s, Subarus from the 1960s that wow. I barely even fit in. <laughs> I've got a yeah. really funny video of me trying to get into a Subaru 360, but there, you know, it's that kind of that kind of breath is an awesome thing. And just because some of us have been around it for 20 whatever years doesn't mean that the, the new people should be anything but welcomed and celebrated for coming in and, and joining us, you know? Yeah. I think it's I think it's awesome. Yeah. I think it's great that you're here and, and you're doing this show and I appreciate what you're you're doing for the community. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to Subi Fest Texas because when I went out to Boxer Fest, you know, I was telling you, I think before we started recording that I didn't really know anybody. And I knew a couple of people that were like in the show. And then there was a few other people that I met that I had talked to through Instagram. But other than that, I was like the majority of the time I was walking around by myself because I didn't go there with a friend. I was, you know, Subaru brought me out there, which was great. And I was very thankful for that. I got to meet Bucky and do a ride along with him. And I met a lot of the Subaru people and people that were running the event and stuff. But other than that, I didn't have somebody to like hang out with the whole time. And then right. when I went to Subi Fest, California, that was really cool because I had a booth and I had all these people coming out to the booth to see me and to record with me and to hang out with me. And that was really cool. But I also didn't really get to see much of the event. So going to Subi Fest, Texas this year, I'm going to have friends that I know from here. I'm going with my son and I think there are some other people that are going to be coming out from other places that I know of, too. Mm-hmm. So and I know Bucky's going to be there. So it'd be cool to see Bucky again. And, you know, the other Subaru people that I've met at the other events. So, you know, it's going to be a great experience. But I think it'll be a lot of fun to try to maybe learn some more about the cars and see all the different tuner cars and stuff. And then even the, the Overland cars. So I think it's going to be like a, a really fun experience and, and different for me this year too. Yeah, it's it's very fun to start getting into the depth of it a little bit more and you start talking to people. The difference between talking to somebody that like me is driving a GC versus somebody who's driving a, a GD, which would be like the, the 2000s models, that, that difference is very small to most folks like you're you're both driving wrx's what's the big deal but the difference in what we know about the parts or what parts are available what what you may have done to your car versus what i may have done to my car can be almost a whole different world you know like people would look at it and go oh why does your intercooler look like that or 
that's weird. Your turbo has a pipe coming this way and that way. I've never seen anything like that. And, you know, for example, I have a chimney, literally have a chimney on top of the turbo that goes out the hood scoop, yeah. which is almost like, that's not something that you see on any, on any Subaru after what, 1995, I think is when they 96 year, they stopped doing that. And so people are like, Whoa, look at that chimney. Even though they all drive WRXs or STIs or whatever, even some of them have GCs that have turbos in them. They've just never seen that. And it's, it can be, you know, really the details can be really interesting to see, uh, to learn about as you get more and more and more into the community. Yeah. So what do you mean by the chimney? Cause I'm on your page right now and there's a picture of your engine, but I'm not really sure exactly what you're talking about. Let me see here. Let me, so right on top of the turbo charge to the, uh, it may have been off in the photo that you're looking at because I put that ARC intercooler on there. Oh, and the okay. ARC intercooler uh, kind of gets in the way of the chimney. So I think we may have had to take it off there. Okay. Yeah, it's not there. But just to the left of the 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 intercooler, the big thing that says ARC on it, mm-hmm. where you see that black plastic hose, there's a, I know this is great, great radio talking about pictures. <laughs> But there's a uh, an actual metal uh, like heat extractor that they call the chimney, and it's just because a turbo gets really hot, they use this this chimney was designed to take either the heat and pump it up out of the chimney, or you know let it all kind of go out a metal tube out of the hood scoop, or collect air from the hood scoop and blow it over the turbo to keep the the hot side of the turbo a little bit cooler, gotcha. keep air flowing around it. So there's, I, I see an older picture back from December of 2020 and where you have the ARC on, I guess on a later picture, there's something there also. And then to the left, that looks like a black piece that's coming up. Is that Yeah, the that would be it. Okay. Yeah, that'll be it. Cool. The, uh, yep, that's the one. Yeah. That's interesting. December, December 1st. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, that. The thing on the left that's the ARC thing is the the in airbox. So okay. that was a that was a quite the find getting that one. I have literally not ever seen another one like that. Oh, nice. So that was uh that allowed me to keep that bottle up there, which is the uh intercooler sprayer bottle. On okay. the early cars, we had it in the front instead of in the trunk where it moved to later on. Oh, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, can you talk about all these little subtle differences? And and like one of the things that I have liked too is whenever I watch any of Bucky's videos after any of the Subifest events and you hear him going mm-hmm. around talking to people and he's like, oh, I like how you did this with this and you did that and that and did this and this. And I'm like, and he just like has so much knowledge about these cars. I mean, he's know? torn them all apart and put them back together. Right. So yeah. That's, that's what it takes. I mean, uh, I think he did one of those with, uh, my buddy Dan's car, uh, which was a black, uh, 2.5 RS that he now calls a 3.0 RS. Cause he put a six cylinder, a three liter six cylinder in it, which is the, someone's going to scream at me. I'm sure it's like an EZ 30, I think from an Outback. And he put that in his, in his, uh, his 2.5 RS. And I think Bucky, Bucky enjoyed that quite a bit because that takes a lot of work, you know, swapping out and putting a six cylinder in the front of your four cylinder car. (laughs) Yeah. So that's a pretty, pretty cool thing. And, uh, I do, yeah, I do appreciate how much Bucky's aware of that. I met him, um, doing Subi Fest one year way back when, 
when he was still on the uh, the Puma GRC team, mm-hmm. the Global Rallycross team. Yeah, and uh, I actually got a pair of shoes from them when I was doing that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so cool. I have like this pair of Puma shoes with the little. Uh, they had like a a skeleton Puma thing on it that they used as their their sponsorship on their cars, which was really neat looking. Uh, I don't know, kind of like graffiti almost. Yeah, yeah. He's a good guy too. He's he's yeah. It's it's so cool to watch him walk around and just talk to everybody you know he's just like i've i've talked to people before and you know i'm like oh well did you go up and you know say hi to bucky i'm like no i can't go up and say hi that's bucky elastic and i'm like <laughs> yeah. yeah but he's like so chill you know if you go up to him and say hi he's gonna say hi back you know he's gonna he's gonna talk yeah to you. for sure he was i when i met him he was very easy going at, i mean i was i was trying to work at the time but so i was like hey can you do this for us and he was like oh yeah whatever man it's all good everything's cool so he was he was a great great guy to be around in those days. But I I don't know that I really got a chance to hang out or you know talk to him like you have. So I'm sure yeah. you got a lot more more knowledge on that. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. I mean, the most I talked to him was at. Well, I mean, we we did the episode, but uh, and then when he was down here for the big event, that was really cool because it was cool having him on the mic and sitting across from him. So that was that was kind of like my. Like, wow, this is like super cool moment, you know, I'm sitting yeah, across from sure. Bucky Elastic, not just on the screen, but actually in person with him on the mic for my podcast. Yeah. You're doing, you're uh, interviewing real celebrities now, right? Yeah. Well, Lance Smith and Rihanna and Gelsomino. Hopefully I can get yeah. some, some other people from the rally world. That's, that's super cool. I'm glad to see that you're having that level of success. It's really awesome. Yeah, I'm very thankful for it. You know, I mean, I've had some some good contacts that have been able to get me those guests, so I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, yeah. So this next Subaru's taking care of you too, man. They're they're oh, yeah. flying you out to places. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm thankful for all of it. I mean, thankful for all the opportunities that have come about because I started doing the podcast, and you yeah. know, I just I enjoy being. I mean, but I think my favorite thing is getting to meet people, you know, and meet people in person. And so like going out to the events, that's what's been cool is meeting people that have either been on the podcast or meeting somebody and then having them on the podcast. But even people that aren't on the podcast, you know, just meeting people in general. I mean, I think that's, I think that's one of the favorite things for a lot of us too, is you connect with these people and then you go out to an event, you meet them in person and you get to see their car. And it's just like that just kind of brings it all around and brings it home. And it's just like, it means so much to us to have this community and all these people that we meet and connect with all over the world. And then when you get to meet somebody, it's like, it's just so cool, you know? Yeah. I was doing, when I was doing the NCM stuff, I was uh, meeting people constantly. They'd, you know, want to come pick up parts or whatever. And I'd never met them before. I just had had the opportunity to to help them out with getting some something they really wanted from Japan. And they'd come out and they'd start talking to me. And half the time somebody would come out to pick up their stuff, it would be like a two hour conversation that would follow. <laughs> you know, people just didn't, they were like, oh, let's chat. We're talking cars now. Oh, look, you got your blue car. You got your gray car. Let's, let's talk about that. And look, at, look at what I have on my car. And, you know, it's, it's a two person car meet. We've never met in person before. And all of a sudden we're just almost best friends and chatting for, you know, two hours with no trouble at all. Uh, cause we have this shared, this shared, uh, interest, which makes it, I don't know. It's like a brotherhood almost, you know, it's like a family. 
Yeah, and I think for a lot of people, too, they've never had anything like that. I mean, I haven't had anything like that, you know, where you can just meet somebody on, you know, connect with somebody online. And even if it was just like a week ago, it's like, oh, hey, I'm flying out for work and I'm going to be in your city. You want to meet up? Heck, yeah, I want to meet up, <laughs> you know? Right, and Like, right. we've just been chatting for a week, you know? And, I mean, it could be just a couple of days and it's like, let's yeah, let's go out and you know, hit some trails or go see something or just talk about Subarus all day. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a great community. So this is a little, sure. let's get to know the person behind the account segment. So, uh, okay. Who is Brian? Who is Brian? Man, Brian is a guy that's always trying to find himself. Like we all are, I guess. Um, I am a, uh, forties and I'm in my forties. I'm a car guy. I'm a, I'm a, a aspiring like that. My my personal profile says I'm an aspiring chef, uh, basketball coach, and trophy husband. I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I just yeah. I want to I want to be all those things, right? I just want to be able to sit on the couch and or go shopping or something and have my wife pay for everything, like yeah, all men do, right? No, <laughs> just kidding. I uh, yeah, I I am really into a lot of a lot of things like cooking and I love my dogs. I love my kids. I love getting outside and exploring the, this, this world that we live in here in the, in the Pacific Northwest. I think it's absolutely gorgeous and to be cherished and to be enjoyed. So, and to not be taken for granted because it's amazing up there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So where were you born? Are you, are you born and raised in the Seattle area? No, I'm actually, I was born in California was there for a little bit, moved to New Jersey, then moved back to California, and then came up here when I was in uh, elementary school. And um, I lived up here in elementary school, uh, graduated high school in the Washington area, and then departed for the Air Force, like I said. So I, I've i been around quite a bit. I flew a lot when I was in the Air Force. I was actually an air crew member, so I flew around on cargo planes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But then... So my dad was a truck driver when I was a kid and he wasn't around a lot because of, because he was a truck driver and truck yeah. drivers got to get out of the road. That's, that's how they make their money. And, uh, my, when my son was born, I was like, well, I can be an airborne truck driver and be gone all the time, or I can stop that and I can come home and, and find a, a different way to make a living. So family is very important to me. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to choose my son over the fun of, of being out flying around the world and, and seeing things on an air force jet. So what did you end up coming back to do? She said you could find a job doing something else. What did you find? Yeah, I, I, I started as an accountant, which was really exciting. As you can imagine, accounting <laughs> sounds like a ton of fun. And I did that for a while while I was going to school and I got a business degree and, uh, literally graduated. My last class was was remote because of COVID. And uh, so when I graduated college was right at the everything shutting down because of COVID. So how do you get a job when everything shut Jeez, down? Yeah, that was that was rough. But it happened to be at the same time that my wife was transitioning to being a business owner full time instead of uh, kind of doing it on the side. And she was like, I need a project manager. And you managed people in the Air Force and you have a business degree and you have a business management degree even. And so, boom, this is just a perfect fit, perfect timing. And that's what we've been doing for the last several years now. That's nice. And yeah, so we're doing, uh, 
I do project management for interior uh, design projects. And uh, you'll see some of those on my Instagram, my personal Instagram page. Cool. If you ever, check it out. If you were going there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite memory from childhood? Ooh, a favorite memory from childhood. I mean, there's a lot, right? No, oh, of course. Yeah. One of the most amazing experiences I had was uh, when I was in high school. I lived near Portland in Battleground, like I said, and uh, I went to high school in Vancouver, which is right across the river from Portland, right near uh, the Portland International Raceway. And they used to have these track days where the guy who owns a boat company down there would show up with these supercar Ferraris. Oh, wow. I mean, crazy supercar Ferraris. I, I'd see, I'd seen a couple of Subarus down there. I think I saw, um, you may know who Paul Eklund is. I've heard Maybe of him. He primitive. I think he did primitive before. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not anymore. No, no, no. It's Blake now. Yeah. So I think he, I think Paul started it way back when. Yeah. And he had a rally car down there one time yep. and was like doing some testing on it on the track. But this Ferrari, Ferrari F50, I don't know if you know what a Ferrari F50 oh, is, yeah. but it's the V12 like F1 based car and they had taken the mufflers out of it. Oh, and so they had a straight, a straight piped Ferrari F50. And I mean, just to hear that thing start up and then drive out and, and like not even launch, but just drive away from the pits and down the straightaway at PIR. Um, and then my girlfriend's dad took me out in his M3 and I was sitting passenger seat and that thing went by at, <laughs> on the straightaway and wow. just, you know, it's like, oh, <laughs> this is amazing. So, uh, you know, 16 year old me was absolutely a car guy through and through from that kind of experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. I have a, I have a friend. Well, it's my ex's best friend. Her, she married this guy who was like a Ferrari net. And for what he wanted to do for their wedding was rent a Ferrari. And I don't remember which one it was he rented, but it was like a, I mean, this was back in probably the early 2000s or something, maybe. And mm -hmm. the Ferrari that he rented was kind of a new, newer model then, but he took me for a ride in it. And I was like, oh man, this is sweet. And he was, you know, he was, he was getting on it pretty good. So that was a, that was a lot of fun. But yeah, Ferraris yeah, for, are, they're, they're pretty awesome. For my uh, anniversary a couple of years ago, my wife rented us a, a McLaren 720S. Oh, wow. From a local exotic rental place. And I was like, this thing is insane. <laughs> yeah, that's super cool. I drove that's... it all around for two days to go find all my friends. and was like, you have to experience <laughs> this. You have to go for a ride. Yeah. With me. It's insane. Of course, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. so fun. Oh, that's cool. So I know you what you're doing for a living now. You're, you're being a project manager for your wife, which is really cool. But do you have a dream job? My dream job would be uh, doing voiceover work doing animation uh voices or you know movies and stuff like that shows i i love making voices i love making characters and stuff my kids are always on me to do accents or whatever and i'm not doing any right now to not insult anybody <laughs> listening but um we uh, so i've been i've actually just started trying to pursue that a little bit and um taking some classes and trying to see if i can if i can actually make it happen but for the time being, I'm I'm really happy because my wife's dream job is what she's doing. Yeah. And so 
if I'm not achieving my dream job, at least I'm achieving her dream job. And, you know, we've had a lot of success with that. So I can't be, I couldn't be any, any happier with where we're at and what we're able to do, but I would love to, to see if I can't, can't do something with my voice instead of with my, my management skills. <laughs> well, I mean, there's no reason why you can't, you know, pursue that for a while and just, you know, just, I mean, it's not like it's something that you have to do because you need to find something else to make a living, you know, so it's exactly, something that you yeah. can take your time with and, and study more and, and just, you know, it's a total it luxury it that I have right now. Yeah, yeah. that's nice. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so what other hobbies do you have besides, you know, you're building Subarus? Yeah, I, I'm surprised we've made it this far and I haven't talked about food. I absolutely <laughs> love food. I'm a, uh, I'm a little, little home chef. I like smoking meats. I like, uh, barbecuing. I like, I'm not a good baker. My, I luckily taught my daughter to bake somehow. Oh yeah, that's good. So she's really good. Even as a 10 year old, she's really good at baking, but I, I just love cooking. Yeah. And, and, uh, besides cooking, I play a lot of basketball. Like I said, I'm six, five. So I'm, yeah. I'm that tall person who actually does play basketball, not well enough <laughs> to have done anything with it in school or anything like that, but it's, it's just fun. It's a good way to get out and yeah, keep the old joints lubricated. Yeah. We also, like I said, we like going hiking. We, our favorite things to do here are hiking and boating and, um, beach like we either go tide pooling or we go clam and mussel and oyster gathering on beaches. So we love getting out there. And then in the summer, we can't do that as much. Um, yeah. But we go shrimping and crabbing and fishing and, and all that. And the cool thing about that is when you like to cook and you like to go out and harvest stuff off the beaches or out of the water, you get to make cool stuff with the the stuff that you brought home. So yeah, we ha have some great experiences with going and getting razor clams, which are like these gigantic clams. They're, you know, six inches long mm -hmm. or Dungeness crabs, which I'm sure you've heard of. And we have these super sweet spot prawns uh, in the waters out here that when I can get on a boat and get out there and, and get some prawns, we can make awesome, <laughs> awesome yummies. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So what is something that makes you want to get out of bed every day? Man. I mean, besides my back hurting, <laughs> yeah, I got to get up, man. I'm hurting. Yeah, my back is killing me. No, actually I, uh, my kids, you know, I, my daughter is getting really into basketball. And so every morning it's like, I get up and I can go help her, uh, with her jump shot or with her dribbling drills that she's doing and give her little tips and pointers. My son is an awesome young man. It's just like blows me away with how how he's progressing as a as a human being and um just to get up and and experience life with them and watch them go through their their day-to-day -day, it's i don't know it's super rewarding I, I try to get involved in everything i can with their schools and yeah. and uh you know to make them breakfast in the morning that kind of stuff and you know be, really do that trophy husband thing that i was talking about <laughs> yeah. and uh i i don't know it's just for me the opportunity to, uh, to be their dad is something that I, I would never, uh, I could never, I could never do anything better than that. I yeah. Don't think. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a very important position to be in. Yeah. And very rewarding sure. too. Yeah. 
and uh, as you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. What is something yeah. that makes you want to stay in bed? Would it be inappropriate to say my wife? <laughs> <laughs> rainy days out here. We have we have quite a few rainy days. Uh, I drive old Subarus, and they often break. So uh, that's something that you just want to pull the covers over your head and not have to try to figure out where that coolant's coming from on the car this time. Yeah. Or why is there a funny smell? And honestly, I mean, I know you you do kind of a similar job to me. Some days, just going to, to a, a job site and having to put up with everyone's junk, it's just a lot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just a lot. Like, I don't, I don't need your problems today. Can you please <laughs> just make this a day where we get stuff done and and don't complain about it all the way through. Yeah, it's funny because me and my coworker, we will I'll text her in the morning and she'll she'll text me and just be like, I don't want to. I don't want to. You can't make me. I don't want to get out of bed. And it's not that we don't like our job. It's just like, I just don't want to work today. You know? I just want to lay in bed. Yeah. Not work. I absolutely know that feeling. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So what would you say your best bit of advice would be to give somebody about anything? So I had a little speech that I would give to everybody in that I was supervising in the Air Force. And this isn't exactly the same thing. Generally, the idea is that I think we should all be doing everything we can to take advantage of the opportunities in front of us, take advantage of the opportunities that we have, and never look at others as an impediment to your opportunities, but rather as people who will help you achieve your goals and the things that you want to achieve. If you make it somewhere, if you make it to the mountaintop by climbing on top of everybody, it's not the same to me as if you make it to the mountaintop by everybody helping you get up there. Yeah, if everyone's pushing you up, that's that means that you've inspired people along the way and you've made everybody else uh, want to do, you know, pull in one direction and, and work together. And if you just stepped on everybody and you you left a bunch of bodies on the side of the road as you went, then you weren't you weren't as constructive in the way that you did it. And so I say always keep in mind that, you know, we're not we're all brothers and sisters here and we all came from the same place originally. And uh we're just here all on a journey. So journey with the people instead of fighting against them as you go. Yeah, that's good. I like that. That's a good way to close this out. Yeah. Well, let's continue our journey together. Yeah, definitely. We're definitely on this uh, Subaru journey, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Great well, place to I be. will look forward to continual, uh, not continual, but uh, ongoing conversations with you. Yeah, absolutely. DMs and whatnot. Yeah. So. Thanks for taking the time to uh, be on the podcast and talk about your your classics and a little bit about life and you know, everything else. It's been fun. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. Yeah, so I hope you have a good night and uh, we'll keep in touch. All right, you too. All right. Hello again, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Subi and You podcast. Hope you enjoyed hearing Brian's story and all about his different builds. Also, some of the other things that he is interested in outside of Subaru. If you're not doing so already, go give Brian a follow. It's retro underscore GC8. Go check out his builds, send him a message, and show him some Subi love. That's what this is all about. 
So this is a, such a great community, which we talk about on every episode, how amazing the people are in this community. And uh, I want to say how amazing all of you are for continuing to listen to the podcast and share. So I'm excited to share more episodes with you because I have more guests. So that'll be be cool to see where this thing continues to go. So I hope you all have a great week and uh, we will see you next Monday for another episode. Have a good one. Thank you.